0: I am Pradeep Kumar Acharya. I'll read the chapter 10. The topic is the rate of reactions. It is taken from the book titled "The Elements of Physical Chemistry" written by Peter Atkins. It is the third edition. So today topic is the rate of reactions it has the contents empirical kinetical kinetics reaction rates and the temperature dependence of reaction reaction rates so i'll start now the branch of physical chemistry called chemical kinetics is concerned with the rates of chemical reactions. Chemical kinetics deals with how rapidly reactants are consumed and products formed, how reaction rates respond to changes in the conditions or the presence of a catalyst, and the identification of the steps by which a reaction takes place. One reason for studying the rates of reactions is the practical importance of being able to predict how quickly a reaction mixture approaches equilibrium. The rate might depend on variables under our control such as the pressure, the temperature and the presence of a catalyst. And we might be able to optimize it by the appropriate choice of conditions. Another another reason is that the study of reaction rates leads to an understanding of the mechanism of a reaction, its analysis into a sequence of elementary steps. For example, We might discover that the reaction of hydrogen and bromine to form hydrogen bromide proceeds by the dissociation of a bromine molecule, the attack of a BR atom that means bromine atom on an H2 molecule that means hydrogen molecule and several subsequent steps. By analyzing the rate of a biochemical reaction, we may discover how an enzyme acts. Enzyme kinetics is the study of the effect of enzymes on the rates of reaction. So, this enzyme kinetics is also an important window on how these proteins work. When studying biologically important processes, we need to cope with a wide variety of different rates, and a process that appears to be slow may be the outcome of many faster steps. Photobiological processes like those responsible for photosynthesis and the slow growth of a plant may take place in about 1 picosecond. The binding of a neurotransmitter can have an effect after about 1 microsecond. Once a gene has been activated, the a protein may emerge in about 100 seconds, but even that time scale incorporates many others, including the wrinkling of a newly formed polypeptide chain into its working conformation, a step of which may take about 1 picosecond. On a grander view, some of the equations of chemical kinetics are applicable to the behavior of whole populations of organisms. Such societies change on time scale of 10 to the power 7 to 10 to the power 9 seconds. Now the heading, empirical chemical kinetics. The first stage in the investigation of the rate and mechanism of a reaction is the determination of the overall stoichiometry of the reaction and the identification of any side reactions. The next step is to determine how the concentrations of the reactants and products change with time after the reaction has been initiated. Because the rates of chemical reactions are sensitive to temperature, the temperature of the reaction mixture must be held constant throughout the course of the reaction for otherwise, the observed rate would be a meaningless average of the rates of for different temperatures. Now, Section 10.1 Experimental Techniques The method used to monitor the concentrations of reactants and products and their variation with time depends on the substances involved and the rapidity with which their concentrations change. Spectrophotometry is the measurement of the intensity of absorption in a particular spectral region. So, the spectrophotometry is widely used to monitor concentration. It is especially useful When one substance in the reaction mixture has a strong characteristic absorption in a conveniently accessible region of the spectrum. If a reaction changes the number or type of ions present in a solution, then concentrations may be followed by monitoring the conductivity of the solution. Reactions that change the concentration of hydrogen ions may be studied by monitoring the pH of the solution with a glass electrode. Other methods of monitoring the composition include the detection of fluorescence or phosphorescence, titration, mass spectrometry, gas chromatography, and magnetic resonance. That means both EPR and NMR. Polarimetry is the observation of the optical activity of a reaction mixture. And this polarimetry is also occasionally applicable. Now section 10.2 Heading is application of the technique. In a real-time analysis, the composition of a system is analyzed while the reaction is in process by direct spectroscopic observation of the reaction mixture. In the quenching method, the reaction is stopped after it has been allowed to proceed for a certain time and the composition is analyzed in laser. The quenching of the entire mixture or of a sample drawn from it, can be achieved either by cooling suddenly, by adding a mixture to a large volume of solvent, or by rapid neutralization of an acid reagent. This method is suitable only for reactions that are slow enough for there to be little reaction during the time it takes to quench the mixture. In the flow method, the reactants are mixed as as they flow together in a chamber. The reaction continues as the thoroughly mixed solutions flow through a capillary outlet tube, to about 10 meters per second and different points along the tube corresponding to different times after the start of the reaction. Spectrophotometric determination of the composition at different positions along the tube is equivalent to the determination of the composition of the reaction mixture. At different times after mixing. This technique was originally developed in connection with the study of the rate at which oxygen combined with hemoglobin. Its disadvantage is that a large volume of reactant solution is necessary because the mixture must. Flow continuously through the apparatus. This disadvantage is particularly important for reactions that take place very rapidly because the flow must be rapid if it is to speed the reaction over an appreciable length of tube. The stoppered flow technique avoids this disadvantage. The two solutions are mixed very rapidly in less than 1 millisecond by injecting them into a mixing chamber designed to ensure that the flow is turbulent. And that complete mixing occurs very quickly. Behind the reaction chamber, there is an observation cell fitted with a plunger that moves back as the liquids flood in, but which comes off against a stop after a certain volume has been admitted. The filling of that chamber corresponds to the sudden creation of an initial sample of the reaction mixture. The reaction then continues in the thoroughly mixed solution and is monitored spectrophotometrically. Because only a small single charge of the reaction chamber is prepared, the technique is much more economical than the flow method. The suitability of the stopper flow technique is. To the study of small samples, it means that it is appropriate for biochemical reactions and it has been widely used to study the kinetics of enzyme action. Modern techniques of monitoring composition spectrophotometrically can span repeatedly a Wavelength range of about 200 nanometer at one millisecond intervals. In flash photolysis, the gaseous or liquid sample is exposed to a brief photolytic or photoactivating flash of light or ultraviolet radiation. And then the contents of the reaction chamber are monitored spectrophotometrically Lasers can be used to generate nanosecond flashes routinely, picosecond flashes quite readily, and flashes as brief as a few femtoseconds in special arrangements. Either emission or absorption spectroscopy can be used to monitor the reaction, and the spectra are recorded electronically at a series of times following the flash. In a relaxation technique, the reaction mixture is initially at equilibrium, but is then disturbed by a rapid change in conditions such as a certain increase in temperature in a temperature jump experiment or pressure in a pressure jump experiment. The equilibrium composition before the application of the perturbation becomes the initial state for the return of the system to its equilibrium composition at the new temperature or pressure, and the return to equilibrium, that means the relaxation of the system is monitored spectroscopically. Now, we will discuss about reaction rates. The raw data from experiments to measure Reaction rates are the concentrations of reactants and products at a series of times after the reaction is initiated. Ideally, information on any intermediates should also be obtained, but often they cannot be studied because their existence is so fleeting or their concentration so low. More information about the reaction can be extracted if data are obtained at a series of different temperatures. The next few sections look at this observation in more details. Section 10.3 Heading the definition of rate. The rate of a reaction is defined in terms of the rate of change of the concentration of a designated species. However, because the rates at which reactants are consumed and products are formed change in the course of a reaction, it is necessary to consider the instantaneous rate of the reaction. Its rate at a specific instant. The instantaneous rate of consumption of a reactant is the slope of a graph of its molar concentration plotted against the time, with the slope evaluated at the instant of interest. The steeper the slope, the greater the rate of consumption of the reactant. Similarly, The rate of formation of a product is the slope of the graph of its concentration plotted against time. With the concentration measured in moles per liter and the time in seconds, the reaction rate is reported in moles per liter per second. In general, the various reactants in a given reaction are consumed at different rates and the various products are also formed at different rates for example in the decomposition of urea in acidic solution which is the equation is urea in aqueous with two molecules of H2O water in liquid form will be converted to 2 molecules of ammonium cation in aqueous plus 1 molecule of carbonate in aqueous. It provided any intermediate are not present in significant quantities, the rate of formation of ammonium cation NH4 plus is twice the rate of disappearance of urea, because for one mole urea consumed, two mole ammonium ion is formed. Once we know the rate of formation or consumption of one substance, We can use the reaction stoichiometry to deduce the rates of formation or consumption of the other participants in the reaction. Now section 10.4 Heading is Rate Laws and Rate Constants. An empirical observation of the greatest importance is that the rate of reaction is often found to be proportional to the molar concentrations of the reactants raised to a simple power. For example, it may be found that the rate is directly proportional to the concentrations of the reactants A and B. So, the rate of reaction is equal to K multiplied by both the concentration of A and concentration of B. The coefficient small K is characteristics of the reaction being studied. And this coefficient K is called the rate constant. The rate constant is independent of the concentrations of the species taking part in the reaction, but depends on the temperature. An experimentally determined the equation of this kind is called the rate law of the reaction more formally a rate law is an equation that expresses the rate of reaction in terms of the molar concentration of the species in a overall reaction including possibly the product the units of k are always such as to convert the product of concentrations into a rate expressed as a change in concentration divided by time. For example, if the rate law is the one shown above with concentration expressed in moles per liter, then the units of K will be liters per mole per second. Because K has unit liter per mole per second, Concentration of A is mole per liter and concentration of B is mole per liter. If you multiply, multiply both three and the rate is equal to then, the unit of the rate is equal to then, mole per liter per second. Once we know the rate law and the rate constant of the reaction, we can predict the rate of the reaction for any given composition of the reaction mixture. We shall also see that we can use a rate law to predict the concentrations of the reactants and products at any time after the start of the reaction. A rate law is also an important guide to the mechanism of the reaction, for any proposed mechanism must be consistent with the observed rate law. Now, section 10.5, the heading is Reaction Order. A rate law provides a basis for the classification of reactions according to their kinetics. The advantage of having such a classification is that reactions belonging to the same class have similar kinetic behavior. Their rates and the concentrations of the reactants and products vary with composition in a similar way the classification of reactions is based on their order order the power to which the concentration of species is raised in the rate law for example a reaction with the rate law that means rate is equal to K multiplied by both the molar concentration of a and molar concentration of b then this rate is of first order in a and first order in b a reaction with the rate law rate is equal to k multiplied by the square of the molar concentration of a then this rate is second order in a the overall order of a reaction is the sum of the orders of all the components the two rate laws just quoted both correspond to reactions that are second order overall an example of the first type of reaction is the Reformation of a DNA double helix after the double helix has been separated into two strands by raising the temperature or the pH. So, strand plus complementary strand is equal to double helix, then, rate is equal to K multiplied by both the molar concentration of strand and complementary strand. This reaction is first order in each strand and second order overall. An example of the second type is the reduction of nitrogen dioxide by carbon monoxide. Example. NO2 in gaseous plus CO in gaseous converted to the product NO in gaseous form plus CO2 in gaseous form. Then the rate is equal to K multiplied the square of the molar concentration of NO2 in which is of second order for NH2. And because no other species occurs in the rate law, the second order overall, the rate of the latter reaction is independent of the concentration of CO, provided that some CO is present. This independence of concentration is expressed by saying that the reaction is zero order in CO because a concentration raised to the power 0 is 1 multiplied by the concentration of co to the power 0 is equal to 1 just as x to the power 0 is equal to 1 in algebra. A reaction need not have an integral order and many gas phase reactions do not. For example, if a reaction is found to have the rate law, rate is equal to K multiplied by the square root of the molar concentration of A and multiplied by the molar concentration of B. Then it is half order in A and first order in B and three halves order overall. If a rate law is not of the form molar concentration of A to the power X multiplied by molar concentration of B to the power Y multiplied by molar concentration of C to the power Z and so on then the reaction does not have an overall order thus the experimentally determined rate law for the gas phase reaction example h2 hydrogen gas plus bromine gas converted to two molecule of hydrogen bromide gas is then the rate of formation of hbr is equal to K multiplied by the concentration of H2 multiplied by the concentration of bromine to the power 3 by 2 divided by the concentration of bromine plus K prime multiplied by the molar concentration of HBr. Although the reaction is first order in H2, it has an indefinite order with respect to both BR2 and HBR and an indefinite order overall. Similarly, a typical rate law for the action of an enzyme E on a substrate S is the rate of formation of product is equal to K multiplied by Both the concentration of E and concentration of S divided by the concentration of S plus Km, where Km that means capital K subscript capital M is a constant and it is called the Michaelis constant. This rate law is first order in the enzyme but does not have. A specific order with respect to the substrate under certain some circumstances a complicated rate law without an overall order may simplify into a law with a definite order for example if the substrate concentration in the enzyme catalyzed reaction is so low that concentration of s the molar concentration of s is very very greater than k m but km, km is the michaelis constant then the equation that means the rate of formation of products equation whatever i mentioned just earlier simplifies to rate of formation of product is equal to small k divided by km and whole multiplied by the both the molar concentration of e and molar concentration of s which is first order in s first order in e and second order overall it is very important to note that a rate law is established experimentally and cannot in general be inferred from the chemical equation for the reaction the reaction of hydrogen and bromine, for example, has a very simple stoichiometry but its rate law is very complicated. In some cases, however, the rate law does happen to reflect the reaction stoichiometry. This is the case with the renaturation of DNA mentioned earlier and the oxidation of nitrogen. Oxide NO which under certain conditions is found to have a third order rate law. That means 2NO in gaseous form plus O2 in gaseous form converted to the product 2NO2 in gaseous form. Rate of formation of NO2 is equal to K multiplied by square of the molar concentration of NO multiplied by the concentration molar concentration of O2 now section 10.6 heading is the determination the determination of the rate law the determination of a rate law is simplified by the isolation method in which all the reactants except one are present in large excess. We can find the dependence of the rate on each of the reactants by isolating each of them in turn by having all the other substances present in large excess and piecing together a picture of the overall rate law. If a reactant B, that means capital B, is in large excess, for example, it is a good approximation to take its concentration as constant throughout the reaction. Then although the true rate law might be, rate is equal to K multiplied by the molar concentration A multiplied by the square of the molar concentration B. We can approximate the molar constant of B by its initial value B0 which hardly changes in the course of the reaction and write rate is equal to K prime multiplied by molar concentration of A with K prime is equal to K multiplied by the square of the molar concentration of B0 because the true rate law has been forced into first order form by assuming a constant B concentration. The effective rate law is classified as pseudo first order and K prime is called the effective rate constant for a given fixed concentration of b if instead the concentration of a that means capital a were in large excess and hence effectively constant the rate law would simplify to rate is equal to k double prime multiplied by the square of the molar concentration of b with K double prime is equal to K multiplied by the molar concentration of A0. This pseudo second order rate law is also much easier to analyze and identify than the complete law. In a similar manner a reaction may even appear to be zeroth order zeroth order that means zero order for instance the oxidation of ethanol to acetaldehyde by NAD plus in the liver in the presence of the enzyme liver alcohol dye then the CH3CH2OH in aqueous medium plus NAD plus in aqueous medium plus water will converted to the CH3CHO in aqueous medium plus NADH in aqueous medium plus NH3O plus in aqueous medium. It is the zero order overall as the ethanol is in excess and the concentration of the NAD plus is maintained at a constant level by normal metabolic process. Many reactions in aqueous solution that are reported as first or second order rate actually pseudo-first or pseudo-second order. The solvent water participates in the reaction but it is in such large excess that its concentration remains constant. In the method of initial rates, which is often used in conjunction with the isolation method, the instantaneous rate is measured at the beginning of the reaction for several different initial concentrations of reactants. For example, suppose the rate law for a reaction with A, capital A, isolated is, small r is equal to k prime multiplied by molar concentration of a to the power small a where small r denotes rate then the initial rate of the reaction that means small r 0 subscript 0 small r subscript 0 it is given by the initial concentration of a then r0 is equal to k prime multiplied by molar concentration of a0 to the power small a taking logarithms give log r0 is equal to log K prime plus a log of concentration of a0 this equation has the form of the equation for a straight line like y is equal to intercept plus slope multiplied by x with y is equal to log r0 and x is equal to log con- concentration of a 0. It follows that for a series of initial concentration a plot of the logarithms of the initial rates again the logarithm of the initial concentration of a should be a straight line, and that the slope of the graph will be A, the order of the reaction with respect to the species A. The method of initial rates might not reveal the entire rate law, for in a complex reaction the products themselves might affect the rate. That is the case for the synthesis of hydrogen bromide HBr, and it shows that the rate law depends on the concentration of HBr, none of which is present initially. Now section 10.7 Integrated rate laws A rate law tells us the rate of the reaction at a given instant when the reaction mixture has a particular composition. That is rather like being given the speed of a car at each point of its journey. For a car journey, We may want to know the distance that a car has travelled at a certain time given its varying speed. Similarly, for a chemical reaction, we may want to know the composition of the reaction mixture at a given time given the varying rate of the reaction. An integrated rate law is an expression that gives the concentration of a species as a function of the time. Integrated rate laws have two principal uses. One is to predict the concentration of a species at any time after the start of the reaction. Another is to help find the rate constant and order of the reaction. Indeed, although we have introduced rate laws through a discussion of the determination of reaction rates, these rates are rarely measured directly because slopes are so difficult to determine accurately. Almost all experimental work in chemical kinetics deals with integrated rate laws their great advantage being that they are expressed in terms of the experimental observable of concentrations and time computers can be used to find numerical versions of the integrated form of even the most complex rate laws however In a number of simple cases analytical solutions are easily obtained and proved to be very useful. During the derivation of the first order integrate rate loss we found a equation that concentration of A is equal to concentration initial concentration of A multiplied by e to the power minus kt. And this equation has the form of an exponential decay. A common feature of all first order reactions, therefore, is that the concentration of the reaction decays exponentially with time. This equation lets us predict the concentration of A at any time after the start of the reaction. Again, another equation ln concentration A is equal to ln concentration initial concentration of A minus KT shows that if we plot ln A against T then we will get a straight line if the reaction is first order. If the experimental data do not give a straight line when plotted in this way the reaction is not first order if the line is straight it follows from this equation ln A is equal to ln A0 minus KT that its slope is minus K so we can now determine the rate constant from the graph so rate constants determined in this way are given in table in this book now we need to see how the concentration varies with time for a second order reaction with rate loss. Then the rate of consumption of A is equal to K multiplied by the square of the molar concentration of A. As before we suppose that the concentration of A at T is equal to 0 that means initial concentration of A is A0. That means third bracket capital A third bracket close subscript 0. We can drive an equation which is found in this book is the 1 by concentration of A is equal to 1 by concentration initial concentration of A plus KT. It, this equation shows that to test for a second order reaction we should plot one by molar concentration of a against t and expect a straight line if the line is straight the reaction is second order in a and the slope of the line is equal to the rate constant some rate constant determined in this way is given in the table mentioned in this book Then if we consider another equation concentration of A is equal to the initial concentration of A divided by 1 plus KT multiplied by the initial molar concentration of A then this equation enables us to predict the concentration of A at any time after the start of the reaction. A point to note about second order reaction is that When the molar concentration of A is plotted against T, the concentration of A approaches to zero more slowly than in the first-order reaction with the same initial rate. That is, reactants can decay by a second-order process die away more slowly at low concentrations than would be expected if the decay were first-order. A point of interest in this connection is that pollutants commonly disappear by second order process so it takes a very long time for them to decline to acceptable levels. Now section 10.8 the topic is half-lives A useful indication of The rate of a first order chemical reaction is the half-life mentioned by t half, small t subscript 1 by 2. And this half-life of a reactant is the time it takes for the concentration of the species to fall to half its initial value. We can find the half-life of a species A that decays in a first order reaction by substituting molar constant of a is equal to half multiplied by initial molar constant of a and t is equal to t half into the equation l n initial molar concentration of a divided by the molar constant of a is equal to kt then we find K T half is equal to ln the molar concentration, initial molar concentration of A divided by half multiplied by the initial molar concentration of A that means equal to ln 2. It follows that T half is equal to ln 2 by K. For example, because the rate constant For the first-order reaction, 2N2O5 in gas form converted to the product 4NO2 in gas plus O2 in gas. The rate of consumption of N2O5 sodium pentoxide is equal to K multiplied by the molar concentration of N2O5 and it is equal to 6.76 multiplied by 10 to the power minus 5 per second at 25 degree centigrade the half life of this nitrogen pentoxide N2O5 is 2.85 hours hence the concentration of N2O5 falls to the half its initial value in 2.85 hours and then to half that concentration again in a further 2.85 hours and so on. The main point to note about this equation that means ln half is equal to ln2 by k is that for a first order reaction the half life of a reactant is independent of its initial concentration. It follows that if the concentration of A at some arbitrary stage of the reaction is the concentration of A, then the concentration will fall to half multiplied by concentration of A, after an interval of 0.693 by K, whatever the actual value of the concentration of A. We can use the half-life of a substance to recognize first-order reactions. All we need do to inspect a set of data of composition against time. If we see that the initial concentration falls to half its value in a certain time and that another concentration falls to half its value at the same time, then we can infer that the reaction is first-order the first molar character can then be confirmed by plotting ln the molar constant a against t and obtaining a straight line as indicated earlier Now, the heading is the temperature dependence of reaction rates. The rates of most chemical reactions increase as the temperature is raised. Many organic reactions in solution fall somewhere in the range spanned by the hydrolysis of methyl ethanoate, for which the rate constant at 35 degrees centigrade is 1.8 times that at 25 degrees centigrade and the hydrolysis of sucrose for which the factor is 4.1 reactions in the gas phase typically have rates that are only weakly sensitive to the temperature enzyme catalyst reactions may show a more complex temperature dependence because raising the temperature may provoke conformational changes and even denaturation and degradation that lowers the effectiveness of the enzyme. Indeed one of the reasons why we fight infections with a fever is to upset the balance of reaction rates in the infecting organism and hence destroy it by the increase in temperature. There is a fine line though between killing an invader and killing the (coughs) invader. Now section 10.9, the heading is the, the Arrhenius parameters. As data on reaction rates were accumulated towards the end of the 19th century, the Swedish chemist Arrhenius noted that almost all of them showed a similar dependence on the temperature. In particular, he noted that a graph of ln k, where k is the rate constant of the reaction, against the 1 by T, where T, capital T is the absolute temperature at which k is measured, gives a straight line with a slope that is characteristic of the reaction. The mathematical expression of this conclusion is that the rate constant varies with temperature as ln K is equal to intercept plus slope multiplied by 1 by capital T. This expression is normally written as the Arrhenius equation that means ln K is equal to ln A minus E A by RT or alternatively as k is equal to A e to the power minus Ea by RT. The parameter capital A which has the same unit as small k is called the pre-exponential factor and capital E subscript small a which like RT is a molar energy and has the units of kilojoule per mole and this Ea is called the activation energy. Collectively, A and Ea are called the Arrhenius parameters of the reaction. A practical point to note from this equation is that the high activation energy corresponds to a reaction rate that is very sensitive to temperature. That means the Arrhenius plot has a steep slope. Conversely, a small activation energy indicates a reaction rate has varies only slightly with temperature. The slope is shallow. A reaction with zero activation energy such as for some radical recombination reactions in the gas phase has a rate that is largely independent of temperature. Once the activation energy of a reaction is known, it is a simple matter to predict the value of a rate constant K prime at a temperature capital T prime from its value K to another temperature T. To do so, we write the equation ln K prime is equal to ln A minus E A by RT prime and then subtract from the previous equation we obtain the ln k prime minus ln k is equal to minus ea by rt prime plus ea by rt now we can rearrange to the expression to ln k prime by k is equal to ea by r in first bracket 1 by t minus 1 by t prime bracket close now section 10.10 heading is collision theory we can understand the origin of the Arrhenius parameters most simply by considering a class of gas phase reactions in which the reaction occurs when two molecules meet in this collision theory of reaction rates it is supposed that reaction occurs only if two molecules collide with a certain minimum kinetic energy along their line of approach in collision theory a reaction resembles the collision of two defective billiard balls the balls bounce apart if they collide with only a small energy but might smash each other into fragments that means product if they collide with more than a certain minimum kinetic energy this model of a reaction is a reasonable first approximation to the types of processes that takes place in planetary atmosphere and govern their compositions and temperatures profile. A reaction profile in collision theory is a graph showing the variation in potential energy as one reactant molecule approaches another and the products that separates. On the left, the horizontal line represents the potential energy of the two reactant molecules that are far apart from one another. The potential energy rises from this value only when the separation of the molecule is so small that they are in contact when it rises as bonds bend and start to break. The potential energy reaches a peak when the two molecules are highly distorted. Then it starts to decrease as new bonds are formed. At separations to the right of the maximum, the potential energy rapidly falls to a low value as the product molecules separate for the reaction to be successful the reactant molecules must approach with sufficient kinetic energy along their line of approach to carry them over the activation barrier the peak in the reaction profile as we shall see we can identify the height of the activation barrier with the activation energy of the reaction with the reaction profile in mind, it is quite easy to establish that collision theory accounts for Arrhenius behavior. Thus, the rate of collision between species A and B is proportional to both their concentration. If the concentration of B is doubled, then the rate at which A molecules collides with B molecules is doubled. And if the concentration of A is doubled, then the rate at which B molecules collide with A molecules is also doubled. It follows that the rate of collision of A and B molecules are directly proportional to the concentrations of A and B. And then we can write the rate of collision is proportional to the multiplication of both concentration of A and B. Next we need... To multiply the collision rate by a factor F that represents the fraction of collisions that occur with at least a kinetic energy EA along the line of approach. For only this collision will lead to the formation of product. Molecules that approach with less than a kinetic energy EA will behave like a ball that rolls towards the activation barrier and fails to surmount it and rolls back it follows from very general arguments concerning the probability that a molecule has a specified energy that the fraction of collision that occurs with at least a kinetic energy ea is f is equal to e to the power minus ea by rd at this stage We can conclude that the rate of reaction which is proportional to the rate of collision multiplied by the fraction of successful collision is reaction rates is proportional to the concentration of A multiplied by concentration of B multiplied by e to the power minus Ea by RT. If we compare this expression with a second-order rate law, then reaction rate is equal to K multiplied by both the molar concentration of A and B. It follows that K is proportional to e to the power minus Ea by RT. This expression has exactly the Arrhenius form. If we identify the constant of proportionality with A, Collision theory therefore suggests the following interpretation. The pre-exponential factor A, that means capital A, is the constant of proportionality between the concentrations of the reactants and the rate at which the reactant molecule collide. The activation energy Ea is the minimum kinetic energy required for a collision to result in reaction. The value of A can be calculated from the kinetic theory of gases. Then A is sigma first bracket 8 kT by pi mu whole to the power half multiplied by capital N n subscript capital A to the power square where mu is equal to ma multiplied by mb by ma plus mb, where ma, small a subscript capital A and mb that means small m subscript capital B are the masses of the molecules A and B and sigma is the collision cross section. However, it is often found that the experimental value of A is smaller than that of calculated form from the kinetic theory. One possible explanation is that not only must be the molecule collide with sufficient kinetic energy, but must also come together in a specific relative orientation. It follows that the reaction rate is proportional to the probability that the encounter occurs in the correct relative orientation the pre-exponential factor A should therefore include a steric factor denoted by capital P which usually lies between zero that means no relative orientation lead to the reaction and one that is all relative orientation lead to reaction as an example for the reactive collision NOCl plus NOCl is converted to NO plus NO plus Cl2, in which two NOCl molecules collide and break apart into two NO molecules and a Cl2 molecule at P is almost equal to 0.16. For the hydrogen addition reaction, H2 plus H2C double bond H2C2 then the product is the ethane H3C single bond CH3 in which a hydrogen molecule attaches directly to an ethane molecule to form an ethane molecule P is only 1.7 into 10 to the power minus 6 which suggests that the reaction has very stringent oriental requirements some reactions have P is greater than 1 such a value may seem absurd because it appears to suggest that the reaction occurs more often than the molecules meet. An example of a reaction of this kind is K plus Br2 is equal to Kbr plus Br, in which the K atom as potassium atom plugs a bromine atom out of a Br2 molecule. For this reaction, the experimental P of P is 4.10. In this reaction, the distance approach at which reaction can occur seems to be considerably larger than the distance needed for deflection of the path of the approaching molecules in a non-reactive collision. To explain this surprising conclusion, it has been proposed that the reaction proceeds by a Harpoon mechanism this brilliant name is based on a model of the reaction that pictures the potassium atom is approaching to the bromine molecule and when the two are close enough an electron that means the harpoon flips across to the bromine molecule in place of two neutral particles there are now two ions and so there is a columbic attraction between them. This attraction is in line on the harpoon. Under the influence of the ions move together, that means the line is wound in, the reaction takes place and KBR and BR emerge. The harpoon extends the cross-section for the reactive encounter and we would greatly Underestimate the reaction rate if we used for the collision cross-section the value for simple mechanical contact between K and BR2. Now section 10.11, the heading is activated complex theory there is a more sophisticated theory of reaction rates that can be applied to reactions taking place in solution as well as in the gas phase in the activated complex theory of reactions it is supposed that as two reactants approach their potential energy rises and reaches a maximum is maximum correspondence to the formation of an activated complex a cluster of atoms that is posed to pass on to product or to collapse back into the reactants from which it is formed that means an activated complex is a cluster of atoms which is posed to pass onto products or to collapse back into the reactants from which it is formed. An activated complex is not a reaction intermediate that can be isolated and studied like ordinary molecules. The concept of an activated complex is applicable to reactions in solutions as well as to the gas phase. because. We can think of the activated complex as perhaps involving any solvent molecules that may be present. Initially only the reactants A and B are present. As the reaction event proceeds A and B come into contact, distort and begin to exchange or discard atoms. The potential energy rises to a maximum and the cluster of atoms that corresponds to the region close to the maximum is the activated complex. The potential energy falls as the atoms rearrange in the cluster and reaches a value characteristic of the products. The climax of the reaction is at the peak of the potential energy. Here, two reactant molecules have come to such a degree of closeness and distortion that a small further distortion will send them in the direction of products. This crucial configuration is called the transition state of the reaction. Although some molecules entering the transition state might revert to reactants if they pass through this configuration it is probable that products will emerge from this encounter. A reaction coordinate is an indication of the stage reached in this process. On the left we have undistorted widely separate reactant if you consider a figure when the y-axis is potential energy then the activi- activated complex have the highest potential energy and in the left side the reactant is there which is the undistorted that means on the left we have undistorted widely separate reactants in the figure just I explain now on the right are the products in this figure somewhere in the middle is the stage of the reaction corresponding to the formation of the activated complex at the transition state motion among the reaction coordinate corresponds to some complicated collective vibration like motion of all the atoms in the complex that means and the motion of the solvent molecules if they are involved too. The advantage of activated complex theory over collision theory is that it is applicable to reactions. In solution as well as in the gas phase. It also gives some clue to the calculation of the static factor capital P, static factor denoted by capital P. For the orientation requirements are carried in the entropy of activation. Thus, if there is stick orientation requirement, then the entropy of activation will be strongly negative and the pre-exponential factor will be small in practice it is occasionally possible to estimate the sign and magnitude of the entropy of activation and hence to estimate the rate constant the general importance of activated complex theory is that it shows that even a complex series of events not only a collision encounter in the gas phase displays Arrhenius-like behavior and that the concept of activation energy is applicable. Now section 10.12, heading is Catalysis. Raising the temperature in one way of accelerating a reaction. Another way would be to find a means of lowering the activation energy for then at the same temperature, a higher proportion of molecules would be able to pass over the activation barrier. The height of the activation barrier for a given reaction path is, however, outside our control. It is determined by the electronic structure of the reactants and the arrangement of atoms in the activated complex. To change an activation barrier, we have to provide another route for the reaction, another reaction mechanism. Now, Catalyst. A catalyst is a species that increases the reaction rate but is not itself consumed in the reaction. And this catalyst acts by providing an alternative reaction path with a lower activation energy. A catalyst that is in the same phase as the reactants and it is called a homogeneous catalyst. A catalyst that is in a different phase, most commonly a solid introduced into a gas phase reaction, is called a heterogeneous catalyst. I am repeating once again. A catalyst that is in a different phase Most commonly a solid introduced into the gas phase reaction is called a heterogeneous catalyst. Many industrial processes make use of heterogeneous catalysts which include platinum, rhodium, zeolite and various metal oxides. But increasingly attention is turning to homogeneous catalysts partly because they are easier to cool. A strong acid can act as a homogeneous catalyst for some reactions and its action illustrates the general principle of catalysis that a new reaction pathway is being provided. For instance, a strong acid can donate a proton to an organic species and the resulting cation that means the conjugate acid of the organic compound may have a lower activation energy for reaction with another reactant. a metal acts as a heterogeneous catalyst for certain gas phase reaction by providing a surface to which a reactant can attach by the process of chemisorption chemisorption is the formation of chemical bonds to the surface for example Hydrogen molecules may attach at atoms to a nickel surface and these atoms react much more readily with another species such as a hydrocarbon. With another species than the original molecules, the chemisorption steps therefore results in a reaction pathway with a lower activation energy than in the absence of the catalyst. We see how to formulate rate loss for such process in the next chapter. Modern homogeneous catalysts include complexes of rhodium and or platinum which can form bonds to organic molecules and enable them to undergo rearrangements at temperatures far below those required in the absence of a catalyst these complexes can be regarded as the limit of a metal surface for their active site is just a single metal ion nature stumbled on catalysts long before chemists painstakingly fabricated them Natural catalysts are the protein molecules called enzymes. Despite the complexity of these large molecules, the central mode of action is the same as we have described now. The enzyme provides a reaction pathway with a low activation energy and accelerates the reaction for which it has evolved. We examine the kinetics of enzyme reactions in the following chapter, and this is the end of this chapter, the rate of reactions.